0: on the boulevard i lended. we used to kick routines and the presence was fitting it was i the abstract and me the five footer i kicks the mad style so step off the frankfurter yo fight you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like mr clean um um a tidbit um a spigeon i don't get the message so week
1: four dfs play. mvp holding kushner don't and four for 444.com's director of dfs tj hernandez hanging out with you here as we Get you ready for the DraftKings FanDuel main slate. Before we get to that, though, thank you for a Tribe Called Quest. You know how much I love them. Thank you very much, TJ.
0: Yeah, one of their uh, all-time singles, Check the Rhyme, from their 1991 album, The Low End Theory. Actually, uh, this was a very purposeful pick this week. Yesterday, uh, when we're recording this Wednesday, so Tuesday marked the 28th year anniversary of this album dropping. What? Yeah, so I had to, uh, to give some love to the Low End Theory album. Uh, actually picked up the vinyl this week, so a big tribe called quest week uh here on week four and if you like that song as well as all the other uh intros to the dfs mvp podcast you can always find it on the spotify playlist just go to spotify search dfs mvp or you can always look at my twitter at TG hernandez i'm always tweeting out the link to the playlist along with the link to the podcast before we get into everything fantasy draft is the only rake free daily fantasy site They're bringing the heat again with a $700,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooter main event, the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind that you'll find for week four. Remember, only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entries paid to contest winners. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com with promo code 444. That's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership.
1: I mean, how old were you when that album came out, by the way? Like
0: seven? Uh, 91 September. I was six. Were you listening to that when you were six? No, nah, man. I, I was actually late to to try because when I was getting into hip hop, uh, it was like right in the middle of the whole uh, West Coast, East yes. Coast battle. So I was very <laughs> dedicated to like the death row uh, sound. <laughs> and I didn't venture out of it until a little bit I was a little bit older so i actually didn't even start getting into tribe until like i was into my 20s
1: my favorite part of looking back at that time in history is just a bunch of suburban white kids arguing which was better east or west
0: coast i was one of them i was right in the middle of it
1: oh my god and i of course was an east coast guy even though (laughs) you know i look back at it now it's pretty even anyways here's what's going on we got our week four (laughs) plays we're going to target low-end players um we're going to talk about targeting low-end players i should say we got the 25% off the DFS sub, only 25% off the DFS sub. Sign up now with the code DFS MVP, DFS MVP. We got the rate and review t-shirt giveaway. You leave a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win a comfy t-shirt. Who wins it this week?
0: Uh, we got a nice review from user DV. SRV all capital letters. Just uh, just letters. No word DVSRV left us a real nice review hit me up on Twitter uh, at TJ Hernandez and I'll get you the details on how to get that four for four swag Uh, another week a lot of really nice reviews man. Uh, I'm gonna have to try to figure out something for the listeners. Maybe we'll start doing a listener league or something. I can't uh, guarantee that but Either way, appreciate all the love every week, guys.
1: Nobody wanted my Smurf from last week? I guess
0: not, man. There was no comments on
1: it. Dude, that's so brutal. You guys (laughs) hurt my feelings. Uh, By the way, while you're there, rating and reviewing, just uh, why don't you check out my new pod, or my pod that's been around since last year. It's Fantasy First. Uh, Monday through Friday mornings, I just come out and I read you the news in six or seven minutes. You get everything that you need. You get coaches, players, sound, stuff you really don't find anywhere else, some news you don't find anywhere else. And also we got ship chasing, which covers high stakes fantasy football leagues as well. So a couple good pods there. So here's what we do every week if you're a new listener. During the regular season, we touch on a few core plays on the main slate. Then we have a theory segment. Let's dive right into it, dude, and get to quarterback because... The guy that's popping in my models, and I don't know if I want to pay up for him on FanDuel, but you know, we still got a few days left in the week. Russell Wilson, seventy eight hundred FanDuel, sixty one hundred DraftKings. The run game in Seattle's a disaster. As we mm-hmm. tape this, Rashad Penny's hamstring still bothering him. He can't practice. So unless Penny plays, I gotta tell you, man, I think we're seeing a lot of throwing out of Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, right now. I mean, the thing about Wilson <clears throat> is that he's he's basically putting up like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes' uh, level efficiencies right behind those guys in terms of efficiency, actually pretty close to Mahomes in terms of pass attempts. So you're not losing much. Uh, by, by playing Wilson over who pretty much the consensus top two guys right now and you're getting a little bit of a discount Russell Wilson 7800 on FanDuel uh, 6100 on DraftKings so with those prices he comes in as a top two quarterback value uh, on 4 for 4 on both FanDuel and DraftKings actually the top value on DraftKings at quarterback uh, always looking at uh, the, the Vegas totals to give us kind of an indicator of what we can expect from an offense for quarterbacks we're looking for favorable game script obviously we want a lot of points uh the the Seahawks are five point favorites in Arizona they have an implied point total just over 26 so that's obviously good considering how much of the offense Russell Wilson has accounted for you mentioned uh uh, Penny looks like he's sidelined Carson hasn't been playing great so with that uh Wilson is one of seven quarterbacks that's accounted for 75% of his team's total yards and 75% of his team's total touchdowns so basically what that says is that uh i mean that we've kind of got away from it where the we expect the seahawks to be this crazy run heavy team but they do have a, a very high uh run rate but wilson makes up for it with his efficiency the fourth highest uh, fantasy points per attempt among all quarterbacks and then uh how much of that offense he accounts for on on top of it we're finally getting last year we didn't see it a lot russell wilson rushing uh this year we're, we haven't got that big game we, we've seen him i go over 100 yards a couple times, but 5.7 rushes per game, 27 yards per game, that always gives you a nice little cushion on top of your fantasy points, and then uh, one of the, the big things that happened at 4 for 4 this week, we put out our first initial schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed ranking, so what that does is it takes raw fantasy points, it ad- adjusts it for strength of schedule, so instead of just looking at those raw points, it, it lets us compare apples to apples com- uh, depending on, on what team each defense has played when we adjust for strength of schedule arizona is 31st against quarterbacks
1: so you got russell wilson again mm-hmm. a running game which it, it could show up maybe Pete carroll gives the ball to chris carson again and he doesn't yeah. fumble but i think we're right on here with russell wilson here's the next one Uh, Daniel Jones, and you don't have to be sold on Daniel Jones as a talent. All you got to be sold on is seeing what Washington's defense is right now. He's 7,300 on FanDuel. He's 5,300 on DraftKings. And this is a Washington defense that we talk about Miami being horrible and some of the dregs of the league. These guys are as bad as anybody. And I think you've got to have at least one New York giant up in your (laughs) – one New York giant in your lineup this week. I don't care what position, but it's got to be somebody
0: absolutely and we saw daniel jones obviously have his uh his breakout game last week against a similarly bad tampa bay defense uh washington's secondary uh is they're they're in shambles josh norman has been one of the worst uh cover cornerbacks in the league for the first few weeks he's supposed to be the 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 cornerstone of their secondary they paid landon collins a bunch of money he's been awful so far this year uh and then daniel jones is uh, someone where I don't think it's really chasing points after his big game because you do have the great matchup. There aren't a lot of spots to pay down at other positions similar to last week, especially if you're playing on FanDuel. So Jones's price tag, 7,300 on FanDuel, 5,300 on DraftKings, makes him very attractive at a position where we usually are willing to pay down. Uh, We have the Giants' favorite at home. They're implied for just under 25 points. And we talk about not only is Washington a bad secondary, but they look like they're going to be one of these classic pass funnel defenses talking about schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed in our first rankings we have the redskins 29th against quarterbacks but ninth versus running backs so that gap there suggests that giants uh should come out with with another pass heavy attack Uh, there there's quite a few caveats to this But I think it's worth mentioning that in the Giants' first two games, uh, 56% passing rate in neutral game script. Uh, Now, they weren't in a ton of neutral game script. Last week, they played Tampa Bay, who was a horrible secondary. Saquon got hurt, but... Jumped up to 64% passing in neutral game script. So maybe that has a little bit to do with Daniel Jones. At the very least, Saquon's not there again. They're playing against another bad secondary. So we should see a similar attack. And we saw a rushing floor from Daniel Jones last week. Uh, four for 28. That's You're not blowing the doors off with the yardage, but you'll definitely take it. You're not going to rely on the two touchdowns every week, but it's nice to have that kind of upside.
1: I mean, you look at Daniel Jones. He hit like almost 22 miles an hour on one of his sprints, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we're yep. laughing about this, but this dude is a burner. Yeah, seriously, man. he's one yeah. of the, he's super fast. So don't sleep on this guy as a runner. We, I, I did not watch him at Duke. Mm. I did watch him in that last game, and I'm telling you, this kid can burn. Uh, a couple other guys I want to discuss with you here, and you know, my first guy is Matt Stafford. So if we're looking at game script here, he's obviously going to have to throw. Uh, I think the Chiefs defense did a hell of a job on Baltimore. Now, they they yep. finally put up some points, but they did a hell of a job there. He's got a couple of nice receivers in, in Galladay and Jones. And, of course, they're going to try and work Kerry and Johnson. But you would think that Stafford's going to have to throw. He's also really affordable. Um, when you when you look at his salary at 6900 It's it's an offensive line, which has been one of the best at protecting him. Maybe he's getting the ball out quicker, but – what do you think about Matt Stafford in cash? Is he a GPP play? Is he even on your radar?
0: Uh, he's probably one of my more favorite uh, correlation GPP plays. I I don't think I, I can stomach him in cash just because Kansas City uh, they they have been good against quarterbacks at least to this point in the season. They're uh, they've been actually a run funnel where they were one of the best. Secondaries to target last year They're right now. They're fifth and schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks 25th first running backs But when you're looking at tournaments, we kind of throw those things out the window a little bit We're more relying on these correlation plays Kansas City. Not only are they uh, Arguably the best offense in the league but second highest neutral passing rate so basically what that has the potential of doing is getting uh, Detroit off of their game plan uh, is wanting to run first their their t- top 10 in rush rate and neutral game script. So if that happens, uh, you obviously can get into a situ- situation where uh, we have a back and forth and that's really what you're looking for. Are those correlation plays, uh, affordable quarterback, someone that you're probably not going to be paying for um, in that price range in cash, but that's a good thing because it's going to give you uh, kind of a different uh, lineup makeup for everyone that's kind of sticking to the core plays at quarterback, uh, the similar price ranges. Right now we have Stafford projected for under 5% ownership, uh, but that's an average. We Our range is 1% to 5%. Uh, I might end up bumping that up by the time we get to kickoff, but it's really hard for a lot of quarterbacks to, to get over 5% just because quarterback is pretty flat. So even though that correlation play makes sense, uh, I could still see Stafford coming in under 5% owned. Mm-hmm.
1: Then the other guy, and it's almost like book him for 30 points is Mahomes mm-hmm. now. If you throw Mahomes out there instead of Russell Wilson, that's $1,400 difference. Yeah. So I have a hard time going with that. But then I look at Pat Mahomes, I say, well, you know, maybe I could save somewhere. Maybe I could stick a Wayne Gallman in there. Maybe I could save a little bit of defense. Maybe there's a wide receiver, too, I could save. It's just You know you roll Pat Mahomes out there, and you have an advantage over everybody else in the position.
0: Sure, it's just a matter of of roster construction and where you can construct your floor. And like I mentioned, there aren't a lot of those uh, those slam dunk cheap plays. You mentioned Wayne Gallman. We'll talk about him in a little bit, uh, but I don't think he's a lock. Uh, Terry McLaurin looked like he was going to be, especially on DraftKings. If if Dwayne Haskins end up starting, that. Gives has a little bit of uncertainty to that play although i'll probably still pull the trigger on on draft kings but really uh that's just all to say that you need to find somewhere to pay down at and as great as mahomes and the chiefs offense is quarterback scoring is still pretty flat and you're really just you're not going to lose that much in terms of floor by paying down and saving that fourteen fifteen hundred dollars whatever it might be so um i mean he's he's on pace to Like break his own records from last year and it just goes to show uh how much how different fantasy is than real football like you just don't need that in fantasy right now with guys like russell wilson putting up similar efficiency uh and and it it all comes down to value so mahomes and cash i mean the the argument would be you if you're playing head-to-heads uh exclusively or at least playing really high volume head-to-heads you do get some benefit from having unique lineup construction and it would make sense um i, it, I think it's really tough on Fanduel where we don't have a lot of cheat plays all right very good so let's move on to the running back
1: position we start with austin eckler 8100 Fanduel 8k on dk at miami Uh, Yes, Melvin Gordon's reporting this week, but he's not going to play this week. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, he probably won't have whatever his full workload is going to be. And I think you and I are on the same path here. We're not going to see bell cow status out of uh, Melvin Gordon unless there's an injury to Eckler as it goes on. But it might not be uh, a big workload for another two or three weeks. Who knows? You know, and uh, the Cowboys have kind of settled down with ezekiel elliott and i don't even know what melvin gordon's been doing you know who knows Mm -hmm. what he's been doing so you got a 16 and a half point favorite you got a guy that is probably going to be the chalk right austin eckler is going to be the chalk
0: yeah the the rest of season uh prospect for these guys is tough i do the rest of season rankings at four for four and uh luckily it's late enough that i don't have to do it tonight but tomorrow i'll be wrestling with it but Anyway, I digress on on redraft stuff, but uh, as far as DFS goes, Austin Eckler at 8,100 FanDuel, 8,000 DraftKings is our top running back value on both sites. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like every week whoever's facing Miami is going to be that guy. Uh, double-digit underdogs again. The Chargers are favored by 16.5 points. Uh, they're implied for just under 31 points. Uh, Eckler it's uh, the, I don't see why they don't keep riding him at least for one more week uh, And we might as well get it while we can he's one of ten players with a team touch share over 40%, one of 10 players with at least 15 touches in all three games this season, and Miami ranks last in our initial uh, 4-for-4 schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed, and I think that speaks as much to game script as it does to how poor they are of a defense. When we're looking for that positive game script, and this team's always going to be behind by double digits, or at least have been to this point, that's only going to fit the running back, and uh, Eckler's going to get it done on the ground get it done in the passing game Uh, similar to my thoughts on the Cowboys last week because the Chargers have such a concentrated uh, offense pretty much everything's been going through Eckler and Keenan Allen we're not really worried about the blowout factor here even in cash if if they get to a place where they're up by 18 and pulling their starters then Eckler probably got his and then some
1: so the next guy, you know, Eckler and, and this next guy, are the two guys that I immediately went to when I was building the dummy lineup. And that actually scares me that these are the two guys I went to, but it's Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack ha- has 299 rushing yards this year in the three mm-hmm. games. He was banged up last week too. He has 169 of those after contact. Yeah. <laughs> there's Dalvin Cook, there's, there's, uh, there's Henry, Derrick Henry, and there's Christian McCaffrey, and then, Mal- and then Marlon Mack. He should not be $7,300 on FanDuel. I mean, that's just, uh, get it while it's hot because it's not going to last a long time. 6100 on DraftKings, but I'm right here with you, dude. I love Marlon Mack.
0: Yeah, per our value reports, he's actually a slightly better value on DK, but either way, he registers as a top four value um, on both sites with the Colts favored by a touchdown at home versus the Raiders. Not only has Mac uh, put up the yardage that you talked about, but he's one of 11 backs with at least 70% of uh, the backfield touches. I think the concern about Mac coming into the season was, are they going to use him in the passing game? Without Andrew Luck, that doesn't seem like it really is a factor because Indianapolis has pretty much just said we're going to run the ball and really not do much else. 52.2% rushing rate neutral game script is the fourth highest among all teams right behind Minnesota. And like Minnesota, uh, they're going to be in a favorable game script versus the Raiders, who on paper, it looks like they've been good against running backs, but really the first two weeks um, they faced a, a Denver offense that pretty much did nothing and then a Chiefs offense in week two that relied pretty much exclusively on the pass last week. Minnesota like Indianapolis run heavy, decided they're going to run. Didn't care what the on paper matchup said against the Raiders. They combined for 196 yards on the ground between three running backs in a positive game script. We should see something very similar from the Colts this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely love it. I'm right there with you on Marlon Max. So let's get to the Wayne Gallman mm-hmm. question then. Cause uh, Gallman's with 5.8 k on FanDuel, so it's a very manageable sal- salary for a guy that is you know nothing special i, mean, I wouldn't call yeah. him a touchdown machine this washington defense is really bad though i mean it, let, let's not forget that and then on DraftKings, he's only 4.6 k so mm-hmm. you're
0: gonna have wayne gallman in your cash this week uh i am going to tinker with wayne gallman in cash because like I said, the concern is where am I going to save money at this week? Uh, right now, we have Gallman projected for just over 15 touches. The problem is uh, he only saw five touches last week. It was only targeted once. Now, by the time he came in, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Giants were already in catch-up mode um, when Saquon came out. So that you have to take that with a grain of salt a little bit. But at the same time, like I said, we can go into this game where Giants decide just to go exclusively through the air against this Washington secondary. Um, but with all that said, they, the Giants haven't brought anyone in yet. They've talked to a couple uh, guys. i heard of Jai and a couple other names. But as of now, they haven't signed anyone yet. So he's going to get the, the bulk of the work um, as a favorite on a team with a moderately high implied point total. And even if the Giants do come out in a very pass-heavy attack, that still benefits your running back. Your your running game is going to benefit from an efficient offense, and the way to be efficient is by throwing, especially against a bad secondary. So, I mean, they're just like I said. It's really just going to come down to what can I fit into my cash lineups. Uh, if you are r- really tentative about playing. Terry McLaurin on DraftKings without um or with Dwayne Haskins, then I think Gallman makes a lot of sense if you trust McLaurin. I don't think you need to go that route.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing, the Washington quarterback situation. So they probably they want Colt McCoy to start. He's Mm -hmm. back. You know, at least he's practicing. Mm -hmm. Then they want, you know, they don't want to play Haskins, but Gruden doesn't really have a say at this point because he completely botched the Adrian Peterson situation so who the hell knows what they're going to do there. Yeah. I do you know what for once I hope Case Keenum starts. Yeah. <laughs> so at least we know he likes McLaurin. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think I think he was still in a boot today we are recording this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's obvious obviously a concern. Uh, I, I did see that Gallman ran, I, I believe it was 27 routes last week. It was still only one target, but he was in there on passing down. So that's a, a little encouraging, especially if you're considering him on DraftKings. Um, it makes sense. I mean, if you can get 16 or 17 touches for $4,600, you're going to take that all day, every day. It's just a concern is if if he's going to get there. It's, it's a big question mark, and it's a risk, but I, I do think it's a, a risk worth taking
1: right, uh, let's move on to wide receiver again. Any team playing Miami, most of their skill mm-hmm. position players are up for grabs. Keenan Allen's one of the best wide receivers in real football, and he's probably well, he's got to be a top three guy in, in PPR right now. I haven't looked at the oh, yeah. numbers at this point, but every game he's just getting peppered. Um, you've got injuries over there. You've got everything going on, and Keenan Allen is 8,100 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. I talk about Eckler being the chalk. This guy is the chalk at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at season-long numbers, Keenan Allen's ahead ahead of the field by almost 30 PPR points in just three games, so that's... Uh, Hold on, that's he's, redi- he's number one by 30 points? Yeah, I'm sorry, by 20 points, uh, still. but still, over three games, that's a huge number, uh, over Julio, number two, but, but I mean... Keenan Allen the what he's doing right now it, it's obviously not sustainable nobody's going to see 38% of their team's targets over the course of a season but we have seen guys around that 31 to 32% uh, which is still dominant uh, Keenan Allen is is priced up now 8100 FanDuel 7600 on DraftKings, but still not priced all the way at the top He's he's just getting the kind of volume where he needs to be Egregiously priced above the field to ignore him because he leads the league by such a wide margin and target share He's one of two players uh, with 10 plus targets in each game and like I mentioned everything's really concentrated through him and Eckler. They've combined for 55% of the Chargers targets. That's the second most concentrated passing game in the league uh, And then it, it's very similar to what I said with Eckler If if the Chargers get to a point where they're in a blowout situation and need to pull their starters both of these guys uh, likely got theirs Miami has been bad all around uh they've been especially bad to slot wide receivers they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers specifically lined up in the slot according to sports info solutions and two-thirds of keenan allen's targets have come from the slot this year Uh, so that's obviously a great matchup for him to exploit a ton of touchdown upside touchdown equity in this one um I mean, it does. It does make you say, "Hey, maybe, maybe Mike Williams is a nice contrarian pivot play. Uh, you should definitely have some Williams in your in your GPPs, whether you're going for a game stack or just as a leverage play. But as far as cash goes, I mean, you could play Allen and Eckler together and be very comfortable. The only problem is going to be getting to Allen. Um, in cash, because like I said, they're just there aren't. If you want to get to Allen, that's where the Gallman type of play comes in. Like, I don't see an obvious running back value. Um, tight end is okay. We don't have an obvious quarterback value uh, just because I think Daniel Jones is clearly a tier behind the guys we talked about before. So, if you want to get to Keenan Allen, you're going to have to make a sacrifice uh, at like a running back, which always isn't comfortable, especially on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, by the way, I absolutely. Um I absolutely just going back to McLaurin real quick. I'm so not on him right now in mm-hmm. cash. I just don't think you could do it because Colt McCoy is practicing yeah. and Haskins might be out there. So if you wanted to save money there, I don't think that's the place to go right now. De-
0: depending on how you, want to look at it it could be a blessing in disguise on Fanduel that he he isn't really in a price range where he's a must play he's sixty three hundred dollars and uh he there are six thousand dollar even a couple sub six thousand dollar receivers that have better volume than him um maybe obviously haven't had the numbers because he's scored in every game but he's he's not a must play on DraftKings. that's where the really tough decision is because i believe he's priced down 45 at, at 45 yeah mm-hmm. so that but um but again uh it's just, where are you going to save money at this week um well I, I think one of our next guys will help us with that question
1: yep that's good and it's not christian kirk is it no. It's, <laughs> oh, he's, uh, he's, he's, later, he's down. He's oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry to spill the beans there. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Yep. So people freaking out after week one about him da da. da and it comes back. He's the man. He's getting all the targets from Russell Wilson and really is you could share whatever you want to share, but Tyler Lockett is, I wouldn't call it a smash spot, but I would say that Tyler Lockett is in a very good position at a nice salary of 6,600 FanDuel and 6,300 DK.
0: Yeah, I don't think we can ever call um, any Seahawk a smash spot just because they're always going to be liable to to slow it down and all of a sudden just run a bunch. Uh, Brian Schottenheim, they're, they're still, even with the numbers that Wilson's been putting up, they still rank near the top of the league in, in uh, game-neutral rushing rates. So we have to be wary of that no matter what. Um, but it was, it was definitely overreaction to week one on tyler lockett one of my main concerns with lockett was even though he was going to uh coming into the season even though he was going to inherit doug baldwin's target share was he going to absorb all of it uh if the last two games are any any indication it's going to be pretty close 30 percent target share in each of the last two weeks at least 12 targets in each of the last two weeks uh and kind of similar to Allen and eckler you obviously don't have to pull off a double stack in cash, even though I'm not opposed to it, uh, you, you can make the argument that you can pair Lockett and Wilson in cash and, and actually like the, the quarterback wide receiver stack in cash because I play mostly head-to-heads and, and I like that upside. So it's something that we talked about at the beginning of the year that we talked about a little bit on the podcast last year that adding a little bit of variance into your cash lineups is actually might be the sharp thing to do at this point instead of just playing for the floor. And
1: Christian Kirk, here we go. I mean, he's getting, he's starting to push into Larry Fitzgerald target mm-hmm. numbers here. And of course, you know, Fitz is going to get his looks every single week. Both these guys are. But um, I'm just waiting for Kirk to have that two touchdown game now. You know, a couple touchdowns, 100 yards, just breaks a big one. It's coming. I don't know if it's this week. Nobody does. But man, uh, Christian Kirk is in a really nice spot. So is Larry Fitzgerald. Both these guys.
0: Yeah, they're they're both viable. Uh, the only reason I'm mentioning Kirk versus Fitz is because Kirk is cheaper on DraftKings. They're priced the same at fifty nine hundred on FanDuel. Uh, Kirk jumped Fitz in season-long target share last week Christian Kirk saw 29% of the team's targets but it wasn't even so much that Fitz was losing targets to Kirk because Kirk had been in that like 25% range all season it was actually David Johnson that stole some targets from Fitzgerald last week so I'd keep a, a eye on how that plays out if that if that kind of trends again this week, and then, uh, but neither of them have big fantasy games, or none of these guys have big fantasy games, it could be time to to take the uh, take the foot off the gas on Fitzgerald and let other people roster him. But uh, but that's kind of besides the point right now. As through three weeks, both Kirk and Fitz averaging over ten targets per game, both of them over twenty three percent target share, uh, both uh, top seven or eight values on Fanduel. Kirk, I mentioned his. Discount on DraftKings. He's a top five value on DraftKings according to 4 for 4. And the reason Kirk is going to have one of those big games, and I mean, Fitz probably too, but Kirk hasn't had a huge game yet. Uh, They're both playing in the slot. I, I think pretty much anybody that's paying attention to football at this point knows that Cardinals are running uh, four wide receiver sets like the Packers run three wide receiver sets. It's pretty much as much as possible and that's allowing Kirk and Fitz to both line up in the slot. So that means that one of them is almost always going to be on a safety or fourth cornerback if there is any coach that is leaving three linebackers out against this team right now. They're the worst coach in the league. So uh, <laughs> a, a, a number four quarterback or a safety one of the these guys is going to be lined up on. Obviously that's going to be a huge mismatch for either of them. Uh, It's going to depend on, on alignment and defense, but uh, that's, that's a good thing for our wide receiver, no matter what.
1: All right. So that's the wide receiver plays there. Staying on the main slate. We'll go to tight end. And I mean, Evan Engram, if you thought Evan Engram was the, this is third year, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Third year breakout. That's, I think you got the right guy. If you got Evan Engram here, 6,800 FanDuel, 5,700 DraftKings, Uh, He gets peppered with targets. He's gonna play the Redskins I mean if you're paying up a tight end this week, you can go Kelsey, too You can always go Kelsey, but Evan Ingram, I think can put up similar numbers at a cheaper price
0: Yeah, I mean if we look at at volume uh, There's ten players in the league that have seen at least eight targets in every game only two of those are tight ends Evan Ingram and Travis Kelsey. You're getting Ingram for an $800 discount to Kelsey on FanDuel, a $1,500 discount to Kelsey on DraftKings. So I just don't see, like, why you go Kelsey. Obviously, the Chiefs offense has a lot more upside, uh, but the the counter to that is that, especially with Saquon out now, uh, Ingram and Shepard, the, the passing game is going to be uber-concentrated, Towards those two guys, Golden Tate still isn't back until next week. So I mean, they have two guys that are going to get the majority of the targets between Ingram and Shepard. So obviously, I can't list anybody, but that obviously makes uh, Shepard a cash game viable play. But Ingram's still priced down enough relative to the top, where he's the top value on both sides. And it's it's actually very interesting if you look at tight end pricing this week. There is actually a like clump of guys around him, like uh, Darren Waller and uh, Mark. Andrews. Andrews where it, it's almost hard to even consider anyone else because since they are priced so close together, it's, it's almost foolish not to play Ingram. And the, like the only argument against it I could think of is if you just want lineup diverse diversification for playing uh, a bunch of head to heads. But if you're 50 fifties or double up, I, I don't think there's any reason to get away from Ingram.
1: Well, if you want to save money, then that's the, that's the reason mm-hmm. to yep. get away from Ingram, I guess. And that's Will Disley. Now, he's played in, what, five full games? He scored four, sure. or four of those. He had the patella injury last year that shut his season down, and now he's scoring every game. So, yep. hold on. Didn't he not score in week two? I'm saying he's scoring every game. I feel like that's the only game he hasn't scored in that he's actually playing. He's played. scoring a lot. So, you do have some touchdown dependency there, but he's seeing, he's seeing volume, and as you point out in the notes here, he's facing an Arizona team that gets shredded by the position. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so he he didn't score in week 1, scored twice week in week one. 2. Okay. It's twice in week 2, once uh last week. <clears throat> so yeah, obviously he's not going to average a touchdown a game, but what we we're, we're seeing is a positive trend and that's his targets increasing each week. That's what that's what we're looking for. Obviously we want that volume. He saw seven targets last week. Uh Seattle traded Nick Vanette. not that he was like really cutting into his time or anything, but it it's an indicator I guess that Disley's all they really need at the position even though they did re- resign Luke Wilson. I don't think that matters much, but uh what we're really looking at here in addition to all of the positives we talked about with Russell Wilson in this passing game is that Arizona just isn't even trying to cover tight ends. TJ Hawkinson week one, six catches, 131 in the touchdowns. Mark Andrews week two, eight catches, 112 in a touchdown. Greg Olson last week, six catches, 75 and two touchdowns. Uh, so, I mean, there's no reason to think that all of a sudden this Arizona defense is going to figure it out. Uh, I mean, Disley, you're not going to roll out three seahawks in a passing game in cash i mean you could but uh <laughs> but you have you have options this week and and if you are somebody that uh, maybe you do play 50 50s or double ups like i talked about maybe you play 10 of them and you want to roll out a couple different cash lineups you can rotate those guys through and be really comfortable with all of them
1: all right, so a guy I just want to bring up here was Mark Andrews. So last yep. week we're talking, oh, Hollywood Brown, we got to play him. Mark Andrews got to play him. Unstoppable. It's going to be a high scored yep. game, right? So Andrews missed most of practice last week, and he's he's at it again. His foot's bothering mm-hmm. him. But I, he's priced down, I want to say 6100 mm-hmm. on FanDuel. So, I mean, let's not overreact to one week, right? Sure. They're going up against Cleveland. I wouldn't say uh, it's, it's not a great defense to go up against as far as tight ends go. That being said, if this was this time last week, the guy'd be almost
0: $7,000. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, the positive is that even though he didn't um, put up a a big game that his target share remained the same, that's what we're looking for. I'm wondering if, The foot bothered him because even with that target share he didn't do much I didn't know if it has to do with Kansas City played great defense against him or he just couldn't separate like he did the first couple of games Um, But that's definitely a concern. I mean lower body foot injuries those those affect pass catchers quite a bit Uh, Even just uh, slowing down a little bit Especially for someone like Mark Andrews who who is a more vertical tight end is going to affect him Uh, the Probably the thing that if if it weren't for Greg Olson being the same price on FanDuel and way cheaper on DraftKings uh, Andrews would be in the mix for me, but we saw Olson is he's getting similar target share to Andrews He's not going to stretch the field like him um, but similar quality matchup uh, similar target share uh, with I, I, la- Last week, I think he missed a practice but no injury concern for Olson this week and uh, it it is definitely a myth that young or um, rookie quarterbacks rely on their tight ends. But there was there was a connection there last week, I think, with Kyle Allen and Greg Olson. So I, just because of his presence and his pricing, I'm probably not forcing Andrews into cash this week. But he's definitely viable in any format.
1: All right. Very good. And the only other thing about Andrews, you really he was on the field for maybe half the snaps, but right. I'm with you on the injury. That's what's making me steer away from him. Hollywood mm-hmm. Brown, on the other hand, is a completely different conversation because he just got yeah. shut down last week. I'm still I'm still so high on that guy sure Love
0: and it. same same with him I mean him and Andrews both they they still saw the target share they're still a very concentrated passing game uh it's I definitely am not freaking out on Baltimore at all I still want a lot of them I was touting Andrews as much as anybody coming into the season um so i I mean I'm I'm still all in on Baltimore's passing game for sure
1: all right let's move on to the defense Chargers Dolphins Dolphins yeah. playing play the the defense against them. Dallas yeah. was okay last week. Yeah. If you're gonna pay up for them, and they didn't really pay off to that extent, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with you. Fifty three hundred Fanduel, thirty eight hundred DK. If you want to shore up, especially in
0: GPPs, you want to shore up your defense. Chargers are way to go. They're they're gonna give you one of the best floors. You do get some some correlation. Uh, with Austin Eckler assuming you're hitting the lock button on Eckler uh, it's not a correlation you need to force in any format but when it falls into place it's obviously very nice I think it's going it's going to be a correlation that's going to show up pretty much every week it's just going to be target Dolphins with, with defense and running backs um, you don't need to get cute it's going to be one of the highest floors or the highest floor of any defense favored by 16 and a half the, the thing we really like is that the Dolphins offensive line isn't good so not only are they falling behind but they can't protect their quarterback and you mentioned it on Twitter when I said this that uh, Dolphins haven't been in neutral game script much but when they have <laughs> been when they have been they've been top 12 in neutral pass rate and mm-hmm. The reason that's important is because at least it's an indicator that if and when the game's closer early in the game That they they are gonna try to throw the ball and if somehow They keep the game close against the Chargers then that that kind of saves our floor a little bit because we don't want to get in a situation where um, We're playing like a a Seahawks or a Lions where they're they're big underdogs and the way they combat that is by just running the ball and Playing really slow then your defense has no scoring opportunities. The Dolphins look like a team that even if they do play close they're still going to drop back and give you some scoring opportunities so
1: there's one and i'm going to throw my own in here after we get to the texans i like the texans too going up against carolina four point home favorite still waiting for jj Watt to have that big blow up game and you know get you some points there 4400 Fanduel, 3100 dk why
0: do you like the texans um, I, I like them because I have a feeling that a lot of people's second favorite is going to be the defense that you say, uh, oh, and, and come I on, think, tell me who it is. Who is it? Uh, who do I think it's going to be? Yeah. The Rams. Ah, smart. Am I right? Yeah. So, so <laughs> this
1: is what a, a cash game pivot to the Texans? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just because, um, I, I think you kind of get a little bit of, um, you get to capitalize on public perception. A lot of people snuck Kyle Allen into pretty much every format Uh, Late last week he ended up being like one of the more popular quarterbacks on the slate Which is surprising for a quarterback making uh, not not his first start ever But his first start of the season one of his few starts of his career So I think we could capitalize on that because people are I I think people are going to be Looking to ride that wave and maybe maybe look for a Curtis Samuel CMC and get more of this Carolina offense Uh, I'm going to take the opposite approach and take Texans as the four-point home favorite Uh, Carolina is top five in neutral passing rate so that That gives you more scoring opportunities. And unlike uh, Arizona last week, Houston is actually decent in getting after the passer, 11th in adjusted sack rate, according to Football Outsiders. So if the the Panthers do fall behind a little bit and they keep dropping Allen back, now you have an inexperienced quarterback with a line that can get after you. Uh, So I think Texans are are really interesting. I don't think they'll fly under the radar, but I definitely don't think they will be uh, as popular as they should be in this spot. So, yeah. I do like the Rams, yeah, though, a I mean, lot.
1: Yeah, just, and I think it's pretty simple at this point. Jameis Winston's a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. He has a, an offensive line that's allowing him to get crushed. I think that people saw the Giants game last week. They're oh, you know, he, well, he's back. No, it's no. the Giants. The Giants yeah. are a horrific defense. So, I mean, for me and Cash, if – you know, even if I had the extra $100 for the Texans, I'm probably still going to stick with the Rams. They do have a terrific secondary. It's not a, It's not like, you know, Mike Evans can't tear it up. But mm-hmm. Godwin missed a practice now. So, you know, he's, I think it was his hips. Yep. So he's bothered now um they don't have a running game so i'm on rams no it's
0: great they're they're 10 point favorites um i mean tampa bay the thing about them they're they're running at like a crazy high rate in neutral game script which is not something that we expected to see but their offensive line is still atrocious and when they do throw they're still dropping Jameis back um on those long drops i think that he has the third or fourth highest deep ball rate if we're looking at uh 15 plus yard throws so that's something we talked about early in the year when we were targeting them um is that they're just going to give you those opportunities because they're going to wait so long for their routes to develop and we've seen it multiple times now Jameis, is i think he's second in interception rate uh, on the season so yeah rams are, are a great play but uh i just wanted to throw out the little the little uh pivot there
1: uh right, we got game theory in just a second but first fantasy draft the only rig-free fantasy site in the business is bringing the heat again tj it's hot It's super hot. It's a $700,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. It's the Hooters main event, $100,000 first place payout. It's the largest and only rake-free contest that's running anywhere for week four in the NFL. So you're not going to lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Go ahead, do it, take the leap, sign up at fantasydraft.com today, promo code 444. You'll get a seven-day free trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entries fantasydraft.com promo code 4, for 4 don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season start playing on fantasy draft today your bankroll gonna love it and um, might have a little overlay too if you're lucky
0: yeah man i've been look the the, the most important <laughs> fantasy advice i've given all year and like i i have my goal is to like get people to win as much money as possible if you're not playing on an alternate site, you're just doing yourself a disservice right now.
1: But isn't most, let me ask you this then most of the guys that are playing on these sites though, are guys like us that play on the other sites too, right? Or is there just a lot of new people that are listening
0: for, to this going for sure? No, no, definitely. But I mean, if you're playing on a website, that's raking 16% on the oh, game okay. you're playing and yeah, on a yeah, tournament, yeah. like it's, you're still like, it's, it's the tournament structure still mostly the same. If you're not looking for cheaper rake, I mean, you're just, you're costing yourself money, man. It's, it's saved my week. The last, Two weeks, like my season is in the black because I've been playing across multiple sites, and uh I mean it it's ping pong to wrong across where I'm winning, but that's the whole point like you're just naturally diversifying you're getting you're saving money on rake, especially if you're moving tournament dollars to to another site um but you know I can only tell so many people,
1: yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> keep winning man. Uh, let's talk about our game theory segment here. We're going to target mm-hmm. low-owned players. So, yep. I think that's a question I get a lot. Like, hey, all I want. In, in here's before we get into this, building a lineup with all sub five percent owned players is yep. not the best strategy. No, okay. It's not. As you talked about it, we've talked about it for a long time. You've got yep. to have chalky plays. Just do it. S- stick them in there because you're not going to want to miss out on Keenan Allen hitting for thirty-five points. Okay. That being said, what is low owned? How do we find these guys?
0: Yeah, you you talked you just what you just mentioned that concept of like just building a, a small core of values and then looking for um, a couple low owned plays. Like that's the way to do it. We've we've talked about it on this podcast. We've talked about other theory segments. We're not going to do a whole how to build a GPP lineup theory. Um, I'm just going to talk specifically about how and when to target these low on plays because, like you said, it's a question we get a ton. And if you're inexperienced, or you're not, like, you don't understand the these DFS concepts, then they do look random and, and you do kind of pull your hair out. Um, but, yeah, to define them, it's, it's a loose term obviously um obviously if you can get a, a lower oh the lower owned guy you target um the better your chances are going to be a winning uh but just kind of a rough definition for the position players and really i just mean running backs and wide receivers a sub 10 percent guy and then for the onesie positions quarterback tight end uh tight end is a little more fluid, just because you can flex a tie- tight end, but for the most part, uh, tight end and then defense sub 10%, and the reason for that is you can only play those three positions once, and because of that, uh, ownership is just generally going to flatten out on those guys. It's it's very rare that you're going to see a. Quarterback, running back, or defense. I mean, I'm sorry. Quarterback, tight end, or defense exceed twenty percent. Um, maybe defense with these huge spreads might be the most likely to do so. But I mean, even like uh, a a Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago, he was only thirteen percent against the Raiders, and like the the most smashed spot ever. So you're just never gonna get crazy ownership. So even like six seven percent ownership on a quarterback like i don't consider that super low owned but uh i'll I'll touch on that a little bit more as i I, I run through this
1: all right so i want you to take the next part of this too just keep running through it i'm I'm listening as everybody else in this podcast is listening where are we going cool
0: cool i'm so what i want to do is i just want to give um since we're only three weeks into the season we can go through these quickly um and just give examples of who have been the low-owned plays in the biggest tournaments uh, and explain how people have got there like I do every week in my, in my recap. And then after I, I uh, list all of these low-owned plays, which isn't that many, it's only a couple per week per site, um, I'll, I'll recap and just go over what the, the themes are, what is, is very consistent throughout these lineups. Uh, so I'm going to look at the millionaire on uh, DraftKings and the Sunday million on FanDuel over the first three weeks and and just point out who the low-owned guys were So let's start with uh, with week one on on DraftKings We had Lamar Miller who I I said this isn't crazy low, but for this lineup It was one of the lower owned plays uh, just under 7% owned and he combined uh, Lamar Miller with Marquise Brown Hollywood Brown at 0.3% owned. so like how do you get to a Marquise Brown? What we saw there is uh, the the Ravens were already picking up steam as a, a team to target because we were pretty confident Miami was going to be bad But the issue was we had a very ambiguous ambiguous situation in who the pass catchers were um, on that offense so I mean that's that's actually a really good spot for us because we Everybody's going to naturally be low on So we could just throw a, a couple dart at least At the starting wide receivers or pass Catchers and if it hits like a Marquise Brown It hits um, on Fanduel, we saw Something uh, very similar We saw Mark Andrews at 3.4% On the Fanduel Sunday Million in week one and it's the same concept We had an ambiguous situation in a Good or high projected offense and then The other low on player was Sammy Watkins um, on the Chiefs If you remember in week one Tyreek Hill got hurt but the idea uh, behind Sammy Watkins was that you had a secondary receiver, the number two uh, receiver on a high scoring team with a very high projection and uh, three guys in Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes who were going to be very popular. So you get secondary leverage play on a high scoring team. Let's jump ahead to uh, week two. Just real, on, quick, real quick. Yeah, Just, sure, sure.
1: All, these are This is kind of what you have to do to dig up every single yep. week though and it takes a lot of work and then yeah i mean let's face it it's a lot of skill but it's also a lot of luck like you know the guy has to be marquise brown like all right way to go on marquise brown a guy never Mm -hmm. played a game Mm -hmm. in the nfl before and he goes out and does that like how do you even come up with that
0: sure Sure. and i think by the time we get to the end of these low on plays and when i recap you'll you'll see how you get to that and you're not going to get to it every week but that's the whole point um and i'll recap that that a little bit um but like you there's there's these themes that constantly come up in these low on plays and you start to realize it's not coincidence. It's the people that are doing their homework and, and you know, you're going to have some, some down weeks, but uh, let me, let me run through these, these couple more weekly uh, low on plays. Um, in week two on in the DraftKings millionaire, the winning lineup had Ezekiel Elliott at sub 10%. And that was pretty easy to explain. We had a, a workhorse running back that had a relatively light um, workload the week before. Demarcus Robinson was 0.6% that seems like an eternity ago because now Demarcus Robinson is commanding double-digit Digit ownership every week, but like Sammy Watkins in week one Demarcus Robinson was the number two receiver on a high-scoring team with a high projection with a lot of players uh, with um, With high projected ownership that lineup also use Travis Kelsey So you don't need to just go like off the rails and only get the low owned guy Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Preston Williams are going to be the ones that people look at in that DK lineup for week two. Like, that's just That doesn't even make sense. But Emmanuel Sanders was coming off of week one where he saw a 23% target share, and he was a pivot off of both Tyrell Williams and Mecole Hardman were very chalky that week. People didn't realize Demarcus Robinson was going to be the number two. They were looking at Mecole Hardman, and Tyrell Williams was coming off a Monday night game where all of a sudden we found out that he was uh, the main target in Oakland, but because of Monday night uh, Monday pricing, it didn't get to adjust. So a 23% target share guy, that's a pivot. That's a really good tournament spot, but a lot of people are going to overlook those things. Preston Williams is probably going to be the biggest head scratcher of the year, um, but He was a correlation play on a team that would have to throw against a top projected offense. So even though we don't like the Dolphins and we know they're atrocious... At the very least, we're lo- that week, the Patriots were the highest projected team of the week. So you do have some correlation That there. There's some kind of, um, of indicator that at least that game could include something. Uh, so it seems crazy, but it really fits in to uh, these themes. And then jumping to FanDuel in week two, it's it's a similar thing that we see with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, um, with Terry McLaurin, he was 3.9% owned in the FanDuel Sunday Million He saw 43% of the team's air yards in week one. And like um, Emmanuel Sanders, it's just volume that wasn't being recognized from the public. And like Emmanuel Sanders, McLaurin was a pivot off of Chalk Tyrell. And then that team also used Demarcus Robinson. But they used him with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey... And Michael Hardman and chalk Josh Jacobs on the other side that didn't even hit. So you got Demarcus Robinson in as an addition to a bunch of very popular plays in an offense that was going to be very highly owned.
1: Just completely derail your great uh your great run that you're on right here. Yeah. Remember last year when every single week it was just onslaughts, we're winning oh, every yeah. single week. Yeah. We're not seeing that now, are we?
0: Well, we saw. It, I mean, we saw it with that one Fanduel lineup okay. um, that I just mentioned, right. and then we we're getting to one here in week three where it wasn't quite an onslaught, but it was a pretty heavy game stack. So I, probably just the way the season shaped up early last year just fit that. Um, but I mean, we've seen a couple trends like last week. One of the trends that we saw that we haven't seen in a long time is uh, the DraftKings Millionaire Maker paid up at wide receiver and we haven't seen contrarian running back hit in a big gpp in a long time just there's been so much dominance at running back that we haven't there there's been no reason to get away from the zeeks and the saquans and the camaras uh the cmcs now all of a sudden that dominant running back pool is shrinking saquon hurt camara in a questionable situation even though he had a big game where you could kind of get away from the chalk so it's and it just points to we have a bunch of these concepts that are GPP concepts and just because something is working doesn't mean that's the only strategy you should be taking we need to like keep all of these themes in mind and have maybe a little bit of like I, I guarantee you that DraftKings uh, winner last week he max entered um, but I guarantee you his predominant strategy wasn't to pay up for wide receiver be had enough exposure to pay up for wide receiver that it was it, it was different when it hit so then,
1: then what are we moving on to next year?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to go over the, a couple quick um, low on plays from the millionaire and the Sunday Million I mean, winner last week. real and quick, then, real quick, yeah. just
1: so I could say this. I was on Philip Lindsay all week. And, then, and it's,
0: that's super sharp. Yeah, and then I, I swapped out. Listen, and it's 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 this is why it's really hard and uncomfortable for people to build GBP lineups because the things that we talk about the the volume, the unrecognized volume, the consistency uh, at low ownership. The reason it's low ownership is because it's uncomfortable. And Philip Lindsay, I mean, and that's that's how you win tournaments. Philip Lindsay was two point nine percent last week, but going into the week, one of thirteen backs with fifteen plus touches in each of the first two games, and that continued. And yes, they were road underdogs, but you're getting fifteen to twenty touch upside at sub three percent. It's, I mean, that's that's what you're that's what you're looking for in GPPs. He's not going to dominate your lineups You only need him in four out of 100 lineups to be overweight. You're not going to put a cash game player That's a big underdog in but we're talking about GPPs. We're talking about differentiate yourself from the field and cheap under own volume That's how you do it. Uh, the other low owned play on DraftKings last week was a Panthers defense uh, I mean this one should be Probably one of the easiest for people to find every week. If you find a bad offensive line with a team that throws a lot, that's going to be a, a, a candidate for a low-owned defense. Um, so I won't get too deep into that one. And then on FanDuel, uh, it really just came down to a low-owned Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard correlation play. A correlation play on a team that would have to throw against a top projected offense. We had Tampa Bay was uh, was one of the offenses that everyone was really high on because everyone knew the Giants stunk, but people were a little nervous about Daniel Jones coming into play, and rightfully so because you don't know, but that's the volatility we're looking to embrace. It ended up being a very concentrated passing game with Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard, both of who he rostered. Obviously, he benefited from the Saquon injury, but – uh, I mean, that's exactly what we're looking to do. When things go unexpected, we want to be able to benefit from them. And then he ran it back with Mike Evans, so got ended up being popular. Mike Evans, who needed to to win the slate, but then. Went to the other side instead of stacking with Jameis and maybe re- coming back with Godwin. Just went heavy on the giant side of it and brought it back with Mike Evans. So a correlation play where you plant your flag opposite of a uh, of a high projected uh, plus matchup.
1: So you just ran them down, right? Under yeah. under the radar, unexpected volume, your price pivots. You know, to me, the first thing I always look at is the price pivots. Who? Yeah. Here's a guy that I'm on in cash. Give me somebody within two three hundred dollars yep. on either side. And maybe that's inefficient because then you're, you know, you're trying to find you're limiting to that pool, but in a single entry GPP, which is what I play, I'm just trying to build around my core and keep things just, just pivots off the guys that I think are going to have good weeks already.
0: Yeah. So the, the three themes, and like you said, that's, that's kind of where you're starting, where you're looking at your, your low owned plays are three themes that we went through three weeks into the season. And these low owned guys that are winning tournaments, it's, if you do the homework, it's not a crazy surprise. It's not just throwing darts. We have under the radar volume or unexpected volume, um, just kind of getting out ahead of things. We talked about with Miles Sanders last week, uh, like get out ahead of that volume when it's progressing towards the right way. When we talked about Ezekiel Elliott in week two, we know that volume's coming, but we haven't seen it yet. If you wait till you see it, it's already too late. We, you just have to get out ahead of it. Uh, price pivots. We talked about with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, We talked about with, um, who was the other one? Terry McLaurin. Those guys are, they had decent volume or high volume that's going unrecognized and they're a price pivot. So we're not just looking at popular plays and saying, oh, this guy's price is Sam, I'll play him. No, you want a couple of these factors. And then another one, is a correlation play or access to a low owned play in a high leverage spot. So we talked about like the, the uh, Ravens early in the season is an ambiguous. We know this offense is going to be good, but we don't know who the main pass catcher is. That's where you want to kind of sprinkle your ownership, Uh, a correlation play, a Daniel Jones opposite of a high owned uh, Tampa Bay offense, especially when that opposing defense is bad. Uh, Those are, if we could find all of those things together, combine as many of them as possible, that's how we're going to come up with a, a core of low on plays. And you're really looking to limit your outcomes. Like you're people ask so many times, like how do I figure out where I'm going with my plays? How many players should I play? How many stacks should I play? If you start with your core plays and on, um, In my write-up, I usually end up with four to six running backs as a core play, six to seven running backs, seven to ten receivers, three to four tight ends, three to four defenses as my core plays. Once I start building, now I can use that as my foundation to start looking for these under-the-radar expected volume, price pivots, um, correlation plays. So if I'm high on one offense, what's up with that opposing offense? Is there anything there? Um, If I have a couple value plays, very obvious value plays, uh, like we talked about, like a a Wayne Gallman or a Terry McLaurin this week, let me look at that price point. And then uh, there might be guys at that price point that aren't in my player pool, but are they trending upwards in volume? Is a Miles Sanders... Trending upwards in his workload. Is there a wide receiver that's priced the same as Terry McLaurin that doesn't pop in target share or uh, doesn't pop in average targets, but saw something like two one week, five next week, eight the next week. That's trending upwards. If you see that at a similar price point to when your core plays, that's a good place to pivot. Um, and then, and that just, that's how you plant your flag. You come up with these plays, you work around your core and, and you don't end up in a situation where you're trying to cover all your bases. That's how you just end up pulling your hair out, having a bunch of random lineups that make no sense. You start with the core plays and then go over these concepts to kind of spin off of your core plays.
1: Yeah, I think everybody that has been doing this even for a little while starts off and just makes stupid GPP lineups. Like you're just throwing them in there yeah, here's the players that I like. Let's just put them in there and see if the salary fits. And that's mm-hmm. it just takes a lot more work than that. It does. And
0: and the the thing that we noticed, I didn't mention when I was going through these low owned plays, um but if you're you're paying attention, there's only one or two per lineup. All the rest of these lineups are like full of six or seven guys that are over 10% owned, a handful of them over 20% owned. Um so I mean the evidence is already there. That you don't need a lot of them, and it's it's not news to um, the the seasoned person, but for someone that's just trying to figure out, like if your question is. How what low one plays do I get like that's just a very open-ended question? That's like asking like what you do with pocket jacks. It's like well I don't know what position you're in how much money you have if you're playing a tournament or a cash game Like you need so much information to know like what to do with what hand you're dealt. It's the same thing Well, if you're looking for low on plays, we need to narrow down what we're talking about
1: anything else we need to get to
0: Uh, I mean, I, I think we pretty much covered it all I would I would encourage Anybody that wants to uh, expand on these concepts a little bit to go on four for four and read an article called TJ's Take. It's a review of a lineup, uh, the winning lineups each week. And for this week, I kind of did an extension of what we talked about, kind of expanding on uh, Nassim Taleb, one of my favorite authors, talking about a barbell approach to investing and and benefiting from black swan events. And that's really what we're talking about here. When the unexpected happens, you need to be the one that benefits. And it doesn't need to um, happen very often for you to benefit. You're going to be wrong a lot, but we can build some... Robustness into what we're doing to protect us while it doesn't happen Uh, It's I mean this guy he's he's written multiple books on the concepts and and to really dig deep You're gonna need to click on some of the links in the articles and go down some rabbit holes But I think you can uh, you can read that article at least kind of start to think about a different way to uh, To build lineups than just kind of throwing throwing stuff against the wall
1: It's another great game theory segment, dude Uh, I want to remind everybody sign up right now with the code DFS MVP You get 25% off the DFS sub. So that's pretty good. We got the rate and review t-shirt giveaway, TJ. If you leave a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win. And again, the Smurf is out there. You want a Smurf, you put it on the review. I'll take care of
0: you. Yeah, man. Uh, If you uh, want more of us, you can look us up on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Holden at Holden Radio. Of course, I'm at TJ Hernandez at 444 Fantasy Football. At 444 Football, sorry. And uh, if you haven't taken the dive yet uh we're still offering free seven-day trials uh look for my twitter just hit me up on twitter and i will get you the details on that otherwise we'll be back in week five see i'm far from a bully and i ain't a punk
1: extremity of rhythm yeah that's what you heard so just clean out your ears and just check the word check the time.